This is the Ramsey Call of the Day, part of the Ramsey Network. Joining me today is Ramsey personality, Ken Coleman. Victor's in Atlanta. Hi, Victor. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Victor, did I push the button? I did push the button. Victor, are you there? All right, we're just going to put you on hold, Victor, and figure out what happened there. Chris is in San Jose. Hey, Chris, what's up? Hello, how are you all doing? Thank you for taking my call. Better than we deserve. You're welcome. How can we help? Yes, we're in kind of a unique situation. Uh, We just recently moved to San Jose from Oklahoma, and we sold our home there, and we want to follow the baby steps and listen to the show for a little bit. Um, But we also want to be able to buy a house someday. We have four children, and... We're not sure if we should follow the baby steps, even though I normally know you would recommend doing that. We have about three to six months of uh, reserves, but my job is not necessarily very secure because I'm a pastor. And because it's so expensive here, it would put us in a really bad spot if we were to use the money that we have in savings to pay off our two vehicles, which we could pay them both off right now, but it would leave us with no savings. Uh, We just bought a new van because we have a fourth child. Um, So... We're not sure how to proceed. We have no retirement to speak of except for my wife's retirement, who's about to be a stay-at-home mom as well, um, based on the situation that we have four children. She has about 12000 in her retirement account. Which what's your, uh, what's your income, Pastor? Um, make 75000 per year, uh, but that's before tax. I'm considered um, self-employed, but then I also get another 2200 per month from a VA disability. Why is it, why is it not stable? Well, just why did you move your family from Oklahoma City to California to a not stable situation? I found out more about the finances after I got here. Um, I was a full-time student before that, going through college or seminary. This is my first job as a pastor. I didn't understand that we didn't have as much money uh, in terms of the church and what we're bringing in. And this is the first time they've ever had two pastors on staff. They already had one on staff. Um, so I was not completely aware of how it could be. We're, we're getting by. It's been a year now and, and everything's good this far. It's just, I suppose it, it's unstable in the sense that if something went south at all, if God forbid something like COVID happened again or whatever, it, you know, I might be the first one that gets let go is, is my fear there. So what do you owe um, in your cars? We owe a little less than 11000 on one vehicle, and then the one we just purchased, is we owe 32000 We just bought that one. You can't afford that car, Pastor. Okay. You way overbought on car. That's, I looked for about a year. Bull crap. The inventory Bull is. crap. Not buying it. You make $75,000 a year. You bought, you got a fourth kid, and your mother, your, your mother, your wife told you to go buy a van, and you did. But you way overpurchased. You put your family in jeopardy with that with that purchase. That purchase was very unwise, and that's me being kind. Okay. You need to sell it, and you need to get a van that'll haul your kids for about ten thousand bucks, and then let's just pay all of that off, and uh, then all of a sudden your life is stable again. The destabilizing factor here is this van. That's what's caused everything to go on tilt. You didn't have this van situation. You'd be able to pay off the other one. You'd be able to pay off a cheaper van and still have money left over, and you wouldn't be freaking out. But the fact that you want to pay off something that you can't afford, $40,000 total, thirty and eleven, 
and then leaves you with no money. And when the church is also financially unstable, that's a problem. Now, I don't know how you're going to go home and sell that. <laughs> yeah, it depends on how new it is. But, and you I mean, know. You've got so much tied up in things that are going down in value. No, I mean, I don't know how you're going to sell that to mama. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree. She's it's, not going to be happy with that She's not going to be happy with this. She's going to be like, so, Dave who? Yeah, who did what? Yeah. Yeah, well, you guys you guys did an impulse purchase based on the emotion of a new baby and, a, and moving to a new city that you really cannot afford. You really, really stepped in it. And, um, you know, you guys, if, if I woke up in your shoes, that's exactly what I would do. And then I would pay, then I would pay off. Mm-hmm. I'd pay cash for whatever you buy. Get, this will probably sell for pretty close to what you paid for it since you just got it. But um, you simply bought something you can't afford. When you have more than half of your annual income tied up in things that go down in value, it's very difficult to prosper. Very difficult. And cars and anything with wheels and motors goes down in value period uh and, and so this is just a it, it's you know you guys did a lot of you know you graduated you from seminary you moved you took a new job you're in california you had a new baby there's a lot going on so i'll, I'll cut you some slack but uh but you got to go back and undo this decision. Yeah, and I, I would just you know challenge you, Pastor, that you know this uh, with your training, you, you're in ministry, you're going to have to go home and talk to your wife about this, and this is going to have to be vision casting, not demands. You're going to have to, she's got the safety gland, and she's got that desire gland, and she wanted that van, and you, you got the new baby, and she really loves that van. She's probably never had a van that nice. That's a tough battle to fight, but the way you win that is I would literally take that car payment, and I, if I were going to do this with Stacy, I would write that figure big on a piece of paper this is what we're paying per month and then i would just do some simple math times 12 times 24 times 36 so she can see if we sell this van and we don't have this car payment anymore look how much more money we actually have and really speak to her safety gland i think that's the best way to do this i really do proverbs 22 7 says the borrower is slave to the lender and sir you are feeling that yeah you're feeling trapped and you know you are and that that's what did this and so um sorry but that's exactly what i would do if i woke up in your shoes and if you don't do this you have left your family vulnerable not the church that doesn't that is uh, that is in question not the move not you being uh, called to the ministry none of those things left your family vulnerable a stinking van did so let's just call stuff what it is so that that's what that's what the danger it's a danger point is what it is and it without the pressure of that particular thing this whole situation changes pretty dramatically victor is with it that was victor no it wasn't i tried to get victor a minute ago and i screwed it up or victor screwed it up or who who screwed it up victor you or me I have no idea. <laughs> how, how can we I have help, no man? Idea, but I take the blame. I That's okay. Blame. I'll tell, I, I, sometimes I hit the wrong button. I've been doing this a while, but I do it sometimes. What's up? So I'm in the process of selling my house right now, and um, I'm not sure exactly how much I'm getting back. But I was just trying to see is with the money that I do get back, it might be thirty, thirty thousand, might be a little bit more because um, we still own the house. So um, I was just trying to see with the money that I get, what should I do? Should I save it? I pay off some of my debt or where are you going to live? Uh, I'm actually moving in with my sister for now until I figure out a situation. Uh, I don't think buying a house right now is the best, best idea. So, and I don't because of situation in your life. Either. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. So for right now, you're just kind of uh, reaching for some safety. Yes. How much debt do you have, sir? So I owe 26 on my car. And um, if I sell the house, that would take the debt off the house. So 26 on my car and maybe like 900 credit card debt. What do you make? Uh, 55000 a year. There's a theme here, Ken. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I listen to your shows, but I, I hear it all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say then? What am I going to say? Um, the, the car. The car. Sell the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would go buy a $10,000 car with cash, and I would sell this other one. And, again, you're trying to reach – you're moving – you're selling your home. You're moving in with your sister because it's a life situation, and you need a sense of safety right now. And just exactly like the last caller, this car is stealing your safety, uh, this overpurchase yeah. on a car. So uh, that was the sell the car segment yeah. for those of you just joining <laughs> us. Ken, it is worth revisiting because we just sold two people's precious cars um hypothetically if either one of them do it um not sure either one of them will by the way uh but the car is the largest thing and i'm a car person i like cars i'm a anything with a loud muffler i'm a good redneck and so um you know i i i get it um but cars go down in value they're the largest purchase that we as consumers make that goes down in value and consequently the the arithmetic tells us that uh, the car payment, and today the average car payment in America is over $700. The car payment is more of a detriment to your wealth, your ability to become wealthy, than just about anything else. That's exactly right. And as you point out all the time, you're putting all that time and effort. You just think about the amount of time you spend at work how much of a percentage of your overall expenses that vehicle is and then remind yourself it's depreciating in value and you're going to be upside down in it before you know it and that's what i mean george we george and i uh co-hosted the show a week or so ago and he showed me this TikTok video we played for the audience and people admitting with glee dave that they had a twelve hundred dollar car payment uh, one couple said, we have $2,400 in car payments. And they were saying it with a smile on their face like, hey, it's just what you're supposed to do. And it's mind-numbing, the messaging that goes into this, that you got to have a brand-new car or a newer car. And people are overspending, to your point. They cannot afford it. Yeah. And, and, and it really, let me just tell you what it is, okay? It's prestige. Exactly right. Status. You're right. Because it's look at it, my car, it, and everything else you say about it is is a justification and a lie. Completely but true. But at the end of the day, it's prestige. Oh yeah. Because a thirty-two thousand dollar van will haul four kids, and so will a ten thousand dollar van. Exactly. Will haul four kids safely. We're not putting their little lives in jeopardy. Right. That's a bunch of crap. <laughs> That's right. And it's not you know. Well, I want something reliable, and all those used cars are reliable. You know what your new car is a year after you got it? It's used. Yes. And you know, it must be about to care. break down. You must be about to die right oh, yeah. now. And by the way, kids destroy a new car as quickly as they do a used car. They don't care. They're going to throw their little Mott's applesauce containers and their Cheetos oh, and goldfish everywhere. Have you seen they Rachel's car? You must have been inside Rachel's I car. I haven't, but I know she's got three kids. She's so got, welcome. No, she's got three kids, and she's never kept a clean car in her whole life. Oh, boy. But it's just like, uh, man, she just it looks like a trash hole. 
<laughs> and it's like, but it's got it's got the it's can got we the send little, a clip little, of that to Rachel, goldfish are ground into the uh, carpet. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my god. But yeah, the the and that it doesn't matter what you pay for it. That's what you're going to have. That's my point. Why buy a brand new van when the kids are going to destroy it? Well, it's okay if you've got $2 million if you want to go buy a brand new van. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, but that doesn't happen very but, often. But, but we're talking about somebody making 75000 somebody correct. making 50000 a $26,000 <laughs> car, a $32,000 car. And oh, man. The, this is, um, you know, and all it is is you get car fever, which oh, you know, you, which means your your brain quits working. Right. And you start, you go, oh, we have to have something reliable. We have to have something safe. And we have, we have babies. We have to have room for them all. We can't put them in this old thing. And that's true. Well, that's true. That old thing may need to be changed out for a different old thing. But listen, you're just, you're mathematically saying with that purchase, I intend to stay in the middle class. Yes. That's what that is. It's a death sentence yeah. to your mathematics. Yeah, you settle for it. Well, yeah. I'm going to settle for the life I have to live just so that I can feel good about myself when I pull up to soccer practice and my car looks like everybody else's or maybe a bit nicer. Yeah. You really nailed it on the whole status symbol thing. Well, it's even worse than soccer practice. It's the stoplight. Oh, right. At least you know the people at soccer practice. Yeah. The people at the stoplight, you'll never meet them. And the amount of money you lost while you were sitting oh, yeah. there at the stoplight to impress someone you will never meet is astronomical. So true. I had a young guy call on the show one time and, and talk about how he was in sales. And he needed the really nice car because it went into his entire credibility. And I said, let me tell you something. You realize there's parking spaces in the back of the lot or around the corner. They don't care what you're driving. You're not driving into the lobby of their building. Park around the back. Yeah. Look sharp. Use an iron. You're going to be okay. Use an iron. Brush your teeth. <laughs> take a bath. You don't need a super nice car to close a deal. Yeah. If you do, then you got the wrong deal. Yeah. It's it's a problem. I you know I, I've I've done sales most of my life of one kind or another, and I don't recall ever making or losing a sale based on what I was driving. It's true. When I st- when I first moved to Nashville years ago, and I was in sales. I was driving a Ford Taurus, Dave, that had no air conditioning, and the the carpet or whatever you'd call the fabric on the roof the headliner. was headliner. What do you? Hey, thank you, Dave. I just said carpet. The car, it probably did have carpet. <laughs> I if had shag a Taurus, carpet. Had, if it was a Taurus, you had was. shag carpet yeah, on the roof. But yeah. the top of the thing one day, Dave, it started drooping. Yeah. And and oh, I had that. Stacey and I were newly married. We've been married two years, and I literally had a staple gun that yep. I bought recently yep. for household duty, and I yep. fell in love with the staple gun. Jeremy Breland, one of our leaders here, saw this. I got out of the car one day. It was irritating me. It was like coming down. I'm a short guy. And I got home, and I went and grabbed my staple gun out of the garage and went in and went, three staples. It was fantastic until I gave it away to a, a 16-year-old girl in our church that needed a car. But I drove it for three more years with staples in the headline. Yeah, I've done that, too. No. Get over it. Nobody cared. It was a great story, actually. Yeah, yeah. and you need those stories to be able to tell your kids someday. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Ramsey Call of the Day. To check out all of our podcasts, just search Ramsey Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.